Welcome to the Missouri Wind and Solar Podcast. Thanks for downloading. I'm your host, Wes Shank, and I'm here today with our co-host and general manager, David McDerris. We've also wrangled in our director of research and development, Sam Buffington. And this week, we're going to review the latest, greatest happenings in wind and solar and how they'll impact your alternative energy projects with our regional sales manager for U.S. Central, Mark Cronella with Solark. We're very excited about having him here today. But if you'd like more information about anything you hear on the podcast, check out our educational resources at windandsolar.com with links to over 300 YouTube videos. Feel free to reach out to our Seymour, Missouri sales team at 417-708-5359. You can also email them, sales at windandsolar.com. And if you really want to go in depth, come to our hands-on workshop in Seymour. And you can get all the details on our website, windandsolar.com. So exciting stuff today. We managed to wrangle Mark Cornell, as I said. He is our rep for Solark. Mark, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good today. All well, right. Thanks for having me. Thank really you for being here. being here. So we've got Sam and David here, and they loaded up a whole list of questions and stuff they wanted to talk with you about. But I tell you what, why don't you start out with just a second, because we know, and I hate that I missed it in my house, as we've talked about my house being off-grid, that you guys have come out with a 30KW system, right, in the works. Where is that? I know that's some exciting stuff that you guys yeah. have got going on. It's actually available today. Uh, oh. We have two new products that are coming out early this year. We have a Solark 30K and a Solark 60K, which will be available, I'd say, later, late March or early April. They're for a small commercial application. They're going to have the same functionality as any of our other residential products, but they're just going to operate in different output. Single 30K will be on 2083 phase and it will utilize a high-voltage battery bank at 300 volts, nominal DC. And then the Solark 60K will be a 277480 output, and that will also use a high-voltage battery at 600 volts, nominal. So we're very excited about those products and going into that market, which really feel like there's untapped resources there, not a lot of products covering that exact size market currently. Yeah, I know I've got two 15s at my house. I know as we were looking at putting those in, that the 30 was in development, wasn't there like the 30K van or something? It was a beast of a... I thought I remember something about there being a van that you guys were yeah, using to carry that thing. We made a product training van that we've been driving across the U.S., and it's got some miles on it. <laughs> driving from Dallas all the way to San Diego, and now, I think, on the way to Florida. So that van is just used for product training for our distribution and installer network. We have every unit available currently. We have our 5, 8, 12, 15, and 30 kilowatt all on a wall-mounted slide we'll provide training with. There's only one live unit in that van. Actually, it's four solar panels on top connected to a solar 15K display capabilities and inverter and the programming of it. So tell us what's the, because I have not heard, what's the suggested retail on that 30K? Uh, the 30K MSRP will be 14500 It's around $0.48 cents a watt. Okay. All right. I got some head shaking here. Is that? No. That's uh, great. Hello, Mark. How are you today? This is our general manager, David McDerris. And go ahead and say, hey, well. Sam, why don't you send How's it going, Mark? Doing good. Thanks for asking. All right. Well, cool. Well, let's get into the meat of this, and let's start talking everything Solark. What do you guys got that says we got Mark on the phone? Yeah. Most of our customers already know, Mark, kind of what your inverters are capable of doing. Some of them might not. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they are able to go to the grid, uh, be off-grid, or do a combination of both. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. They're defined as a hybrid inverter system. So they can do grid following functionalities and the off-grid or micro-grid forming functionalities as well. 
Okay. And is that all just in the programming that you would do when you enact your murder at your location? Yeah, it's automatic switching from grid following to microgrid forming. As long as you have a battery backup solution, uh, you'll be able to provide power to your loads off-grid. And it is battery agnostic. you get to choose any 48-volt battery with our residential uh, inverter models. Okay. One question we have sometimes that I don't even know if it's on the list that we have is if you have your Solark and you do not have any battery power and the grid goes down, you will no longer be able to power the home, but that is only acting as a grid inverter at that point. Is that correct? That's correct. It'll just be a grid-tied inverter with no battery backup solution. So you can still do all your grid-following functionalities and sell power to the grid and offset your loads while grid-tied, but the second you lose that grid, it'll disconnect and go offline unless you have that battery backup solution. Okay, that's what we have a lot of people that have that question because they want to start out somewhere, but they maybe don't want to get into the battery at, at first. But Okay, that's great. So, Sam, you got a question? Yeah, absolutely. So we're starting to see a lot more of this now that we've been working with you guys' product for a little while here. A common question we get is with regards to AC coupling. So can you tell us a little bit more about that feature and the correct way to implement that? For well, so customers? for some of us, though, let's talk what is AC coupling begin with. <laughs> okay, yeah. So if you wanted to go ahead and define that, too, as Solark would define it, that would be great. Yeah, so AC couplings will be controlling any third-party product producing the AC source or signal. For example, imagine the homeowner has a different product like a microinverter. With that microinverter, as long as it is ran through uh, one of the ports of the solar converter, we can control it while good time and just provide power to the grid and sell that power. But also with battery backup or energy storage solution, we can actually control it off-grid as well. So it's a great option to retrofit to customers that do have grid-tied solar inverters and like add battery storage later on. It gives you a lot of options with customization. You can choose a battery, the type of product you'd like to produce. But the second you go off-grid, we'll control the microinverter or AC coupled solution through frequency curtailment. We basically curtail frequency depending on the load's needs. And then the second the battery storage solution starts to fill up and get around to about 95% of the state of charge, uh, we'll, we'll disconnect from that AC coupled solution just through frequent. We'll hang about 62 hertz and the coupled solution will go offline because it's following its UL1741 or frequent standard. Okay. And so that feature could even be utilized if we had a customer with an off-grid system that already had an existing Solark and they needed to add, say, another 1,000 watts. And I've seen on you guys' website, it may not be available yet, so I don't want to generate a lot of interest in something that's not there. But you guys will have a microinverter of your own at some point as well, right? I don't think that was anything we'd come up with on a list, but I saw that this morning. I thought I would ask if you had any information on it. Yeah, we've had a microinverter in production for some time now, and we have been advertising at trade shows as one of our newer products. Mm-hmm. But it looks like our release date on that product will be Q4 okay. of, of this year. So it's a little while out there yeah. before the rest of our products. All right. Well, let's talk about something that's near and dear to my heart. I know we've been bugging you even outside of the podcast about wind turbines and Solark. Give us some idea yeah. of where we can go with that. And we've talked about that a good deal. I'm curious what your thoughts are on that, Mark. So we do know it's a growing market, adding a personal wind turbine as a a tertiary set of power so you can get use of that wind and that uh, charging throughout the night from the battery bank. The current solution we have right now is just attaching a wind turbine to a 48-volt charge controller directly to the 48-volt battery of the solar converter and then putting a dump load connected to it as well. While that wind turbine charges the battery once it's or doesn't need any extra power, it'll dump the excess into that uh, large resistor dump load connected. That's the current solution we have with our solar converters. But in the future, we'd like to 
to do either connecting the turbine directly at our NTPTs or AC coupling. We're just currently working on the best solution for a windbreak right now. So once we have that available and in production, we even have the software slotted in our inverters. You'll probably see that if you run through some of our inverter software selection screens. But once we have that available, we'll let our customer base know because we actually would love to add another kind of form of control so you customers can have that back power. So when you say windbreak, what do you mean by that? You know, well, we talk uh, about it in different capacities yeah. maybe, so. Okay, yeah. So are you talking about mechanically braking or electrically applying a dynamic load to slow the generator down? I wouldn't believe it would be a mechanical brake. I, I can't really speak okay. towards that, but it basically a software control to make uh-huh. sure we don't overcharge the battery bank. Okay. We, we want to make sure to cut it off an appropriate amount and whatever residual load gets pulled through or residual production, and then we don't overcharge or bring the battery at too high of a voltage or overcharge the capacity either. Mm-hmm. Okay. It sounds like something that maybe we need to talk about more off-podcast. You and me and Wes can sit down and discuss it at a later point because we may have something that can help with that because we already produce a device that does a little bit of that, our VRD. So we'll see if there might be a way to help integrate that all into one system. Oh, most definitely. So let's take this and go in a little different direction. So tell us a little bit about how do you feel things are going to go, because I know all the Solarks have the magic California rating on them, right? Yes, the California Electric Commission, <laughs> or yeah. CEC. Yeah, and we kind of, yeah, yeah, California, blah, blah, blah. What do you think is going to happen with some of the battery stuff? And with, I'm sure you're probably familiar with the NEM 3.0 and all that. What do you think is going to happen there as far as how that's going to impact our overall markets? Well, it will, over time, if... That certification sticks. It's called UL9540 and UL9540A. That certification requires a battery and inverter to be tested together. And with that certification, it is currently required in California and And then I believe other states will follow soon. So hopefully right now, what we're working on is getting that certification with a number of our current battery partners. So if that certification does delay any installs will have a large amount of solutions to offer to our client base as well. So we don't run into that problem. But you're seeing kind of the same thing we're seeing, that this is going to spike battery sales. Yeah, it could spike battery sales currently before some of the certifications roll out in different regions. Or it will spike certain battery sales depending on if that certification is rolled out and what batteries are allowed to be installed at a certain location. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of our concern is it? If all of a sudden you see the reimbursement going down like they're doing with with NEM, that people are going to start wanting to bank that power instead of selling it back on the cheap. So, I mean, I think we're of the opinion that batteries sales are really going to start to go through the roof. And, of course, that always plays back into what devices you've got hooked up to the batteries and how they're going to handle that capability. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think battery sales will start to rise as different electrical and utility rates start to appear over time. The large selling point is not only NEM 3.0, but just looking at net meter agreements and where they're going over time, I'm not seeing as many one-for-one kilowatt hour ratios now for net meter agreements. Now it's utilities are purchasing back at bulk rates. Yeah, and Arkansas just went through that. I know it's in your territory, but it looks like Arkansas is going to go that way. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely going to spike battery sales because energy storage is just going to make a lot more sense to offset those either peak demand utility rates or different charge rates. Okay. That's what that's what Arkansas is, is playing into. They're, they only have one power entity that actually sells electricity that they can buy from throughout the state. I mean, all the little co-ops, and it's 
Arkansas Synergy. They're installing a. They already have two 100 megawatt. And they were one fields. for one, weren't they? They were one for one, and they're installing another 1,900 acre, 250 megawatt solar field between Hoxie and Newport. And as soon as they get this done, they're going to basically kill the one to one throughout the state because at that point, they're actually just going to say that they don't need any extra electricity back into their grid. They're still going to be required by federal law to do that, but they're just not going to give you anything for it. They're going to go, from what I've read, they're going to go to a 24-hour. So basically every 24 hours, if you overproduce today, you won't get to use that one-for-one tomorrow. It's basically going to go, you're going to have to put it in the battery banks, and you're going to have to have an inverter capable of doing that, or you're just going to lose everything that you've tried to get up and going. So all the little small grid tie only systems with micro inverters or the string inverters that are just strictly for reducing the electric bill. They're going to need a new inverter brought into the market, some of the solar for sure. So so I'm going to change up a little bit again. So tell us what do you see in your position as being some of the most common issues that come across your desk? I mean, so what are you seeing people using, misusing, whatever, what some of the stuff that you would like for us as distributor for you guys and our customers, what are some of the top things you'd like to let them know about solar? Oh, common issues as in installs and tips and tricks before the install? Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. Okay, yeah. Definitely when going through issues with customer calls and installer calls, I think the biggest issue you see is sizing the product correctly. Definitely if you have an undersized system, you're going to come into a variable problems. You're going to have your battery bank cuts off too quickly or you don't have enough continuous AC output to provide loads for that homeowner, or you don't have enough surge for any of those large surge units like a multi-ton air conditioning unit or a multi-horsepower well pump that has a very high inductive load. We want to make sure the system is sized correctly prior to installing for the homeowner so they're happy and satisfied with their solar system for whatever their needs may be. So as long as it's sized correctly, and majority of cases, uh, the customer should be happy and there shouldn't be any major issues. Now, when going to install issues, we don't see too many. It's actually very simple that we sell, very DIY friendly. There's no real official certification or qualification you need to install our product, but we do recommend going through our certification program so you get more leads generated to you. But besides that, as long as your PV is sized correctly, using maybe our PV sizing tool on our website, as long as your battery storage system is size correctly, there shouldn't be too many issues that you'll typically run into, mostly because we have a wonderful support team here at SolarC that does seven days a week to engineering support. If you ever run into an issue, maybe you had a programming question or a wiring question, you can just call and we'll be able to make sure that's sorted out before the install. Yeah, I know one of the things that we have had, even with my system a couple of times, which was very convenient, was the ability, I think it was actually you, I think you actually got into the system and took a look around and was making some tweaks on the system remotely, which was really convenient. Yeah, we have this wonderful remote monitoring program called uh, PV Pro. We can not only monitor all the DC input and all the AC input output of the system, where whether it be power, voltage, or current, we can also change the system settings remotely as well, if ever need be. So it saves an installer some time on rolling out to that site if it's just a setting change needed or maybe there's a setting issue wasn't set up appropriately. We can make those changes so the homeowner is satisfied quickly. Yeah, and importantly, because I know this is a big concern of our customers, is that you can actually also disconnect that from the web. So it doesn't have to be connected all the time. 
and correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, that module that hangs off the side is pretty easy. You know, you can either plug it in or yeah. unplug it, and there's no downside either way from what I've seen. Yeah, we have a lot of homeowners don't want to connect to Wi-Fi or Ethernet connection. And that's perfectly fine. As long as you don't connect that Wi-Fi dongle on the side, it won't connect to any networks. Yeah. A lot of our customers have limited internet. A lot of them just don't want to connect, that sort of thing. So it's nice that that's not a requirement. That I know in some of the other units we've dealt with over the years, they're really hardcore wanting you to have that connection. And, of course, that understandably freaks out a lot of people. But I tell you what, you made an interesting comment, and that was talking about undersizing units. What's interesting and kind of tying back a little bit to NEM 3.0 is that some of the stuff that I've been reading, undersizing your system is one of the solutions to deal with NEM 3.0. And I thought that was kind of interesting to read. And the idea being, well, if I don't overproduce, then I'm not essentially paying for that overproduction to be paid back at a lower rate, if that makes sense. And I wonder what that's going to kind of look like downstream as people look at that. If they take that advice and they go low and then now all of a sudden they're wanting to put in batteries or that sort of thing, if they're going to regret that as a solution to what's happening with power companies. What you got, Sam? Before we run out of time, because we got off down a rabbit hole like we <laughs> usually do, Wes, one thing that is a common deal, you know, that you see with especially DIY installs is making sure systems are protected properly from surges, particularly lightning strikes. It's my understanding from going over all your documentation, you know, that the SolarCs have some built-in protections. Could you give us a little more information about that? Yeah, we do have our UL1741 SB brain, which protects us from any grid issues, as in if we go outside of the rated voltage, you can even control this voltage or frequency range on the inverter. But if you go outside of voltage or frequency uh, programmed on the inverter, it will disconnect five milliseconds and then provide power to your load backup. Now, if there's other surges like lightning strikes, we do a form of protecting for our inverters called EMP hardening. It is an add-on service, so not all of our units are EMP hardened. It has to be done at request because we have to do it before the sale of the unit. But we can protect it from a EMP or electromagnetic pulse or a lightning strike as well for indirect lightning strikes. Even if you do get that EMP hardening, it will cover indirect lightning strikes in the yeah. warranty as well. Talk about it being, aren't they rated to be outside? Yeah, they're actually built for a NEMA 4 rating, but they're actually NEMA 3R. Um, that change was because of the LCD screen. It just can't be in direct sunlight for too long. So if you do have the inverter being in direct sunlight, we just recommend putting a, a cover. We're actually creating a cover so our customers can easily install it through some of the screws on the front panel. And once we have that available, we'll, we'll bring it to market rather quickly. But yeah, yeah just having that screen covered uh, would be fine. We've always been amazed. The systems are, they're not inexpensive. And all of us have always been like, I mean, man, I would not want to put it outside because some crackhead would come along and, and steal your yeah, like. I want this in my brick house on a brick wall in a brick enclosure. Well, I don't want somebody screwing with it, but that is cool. I mean, it's, having hung two of those bad boys, they are built like a tank. There's no denying. I love them, but I tell you, I don't want to uninstall. They're worth, they're worth their weight. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to undo or redo <laughs> any of those. I'd even hate to see what that 30K, and then a yeah. 60, I don't know, you got to have a forklift to put that on the wall, or you probably have to have some kind of... <laughs> six-foot concrete wall to hang that sucker on. Yeah, it would have to be huge. (laughs) 
Yeah, I can get the weight on the product too in a moment here. Look at what the 60k is going to weigh. Oh, uh, the 15s weigh about 800 pounds a piece, as near as, as, near as <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> From the way Sam and I were grunting yeah. and groaning, putting that thing on the wall. It's just because you put them up taller than it, me. It's a bit, yeah. <laughs> I think 15K is a little bit over 100. It should be around 115 pounds. And then the 30 and 60K are going to be around 172 pounds. No, I disagree. We do provide you. that French cleat. <laughs> I don't believe you. I don't believe you, Mark. I think he's got to weigh 300 pounds if it's an ounce. And then Sam's going on about it. It's because it's taller than you. hung it taller than me. I mean, it would be hard to not. I know it would be hard to for those of us that are vertically challenged like that, Wes. All right. So coming back out of that rabbit hole. So, Mark, you were talking about undersizing, and that's an issue. So let's say that we have a customer that is building a new home, wanting to do mainly off-grid, but we'll have the ability to go to the grid as well. But for the most part, they want to be off-grid. I mean, they're going to buy the battery bank. They're going to... And let's say this 15Ks just cannot do it. I mean, can your all your inverters be stacked? And if not, which ones can and which ones can't? Yeah, oh, definitely. There's a lot of different solutions to an underside system. And yes, the first one would be stacking more product. So the models that we have currently that are stackable are the Solark 5K single phase. It's actually a stackable unit. The Solark 12K and the 15K are also stackable for the residential models. So let's say they don't have enough power, they're not often an electric bill enough, and they have a full system. You can add on another solar right next to it in parallel, as long as you're stacking the same unit with the same unit. I mean, 12Ks with 12Ks, 15Ks with 15Ks. You can add on to your system and increase your AC output and your surge if needed. But uh, they have to be matched. Can, they do. They have to be matched. It's just due to relay speeds and power transfer between the units. But not only can you stack the inverters, maybe the homeowner doesn't have enough capacity with battery bank. Uh, as long as your battery is within, I'd say, about a year of use, you can add more battery backup solution and more kilowatt hours of storage to your inverter if needed. And usually a homeowner, if they're doing off-grid functionality, they'll know pretty quickly on how much extra storage they may need. And then even if the system's undersized and stacking is not an option, they don't have room in their garage or utility room to stack more products, there's other products to use and help with an off-grid system as well, like a smart load panel that controls your load management for you off-grid. So it doesn't exceed the AC output of an inverter in the off-grid situation. And so how many can be stacked, like on the 5K? I mean, how many of those can be stacked? Let's start with the 12K. The 12K can do nine in parallel at max in a three-phase setup, uh, eight for split-phase. The Solar 15K can do up to 12 units stacked. And the 5K right here, forget off the top of my head, I do apologize. No, no, that's okay. I mean, is it... Is it like two or 20? Up to eight for okay. the solar 5K single phase. And that's single phase, not split phase, so that can only do 120. Well, it's a bit of an interesting unit. So it could do either 120 or 240. Okay. You okay. can select the output programming, but it just can't do split phase. It can't do 120, 240. Okay. In a 5K configuration, as 120 volt output, it can do 5 kilowatts of continuous AC output. But if you switch it to its 240 volt configuration, it can actually do 8 kilowatts and stack as well, but it'll only be able to meet the loads of a 240-volt load. Okay. Okay, so if you had, like, an auto transformer, then you could pull a center tap out, and you could still get 120 volts out of that stackable unit then. Would that be correct? Yeah, you could, yeah. You can actually run it through an auto transformer, and that would be a different comparative solution as well if you'd like to kind of utilize our smaller product because it is at a much lower price than any of our other units. 
Yeah, and especially as we're recording this podcast, it's tax season, and that's something you see a lot. You know, people come in and they want to get started, and maybe they've got a little bit of money to spend, and that might be something they would want to pursue. Yeah, definitely. All right, what else we got? We've had Mark going for a while now. I want to be a good steward of his time. Yeah, no, I think we've covered everything that was on the sheet. So longevity, that was something we had listed yeah. down as far as the expected lifespan. Okay. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, I can see that right now. <laughs> So our solar converters are actually halt-tested or highly accelerated life-tested. And they're actually built to last 20 years. They're built to last 20 years. Our expectation of lasting through, let's say, rigorous wear and tear is 15 years. And our warranty covers, for the majority of our product, 10 years. The solar 12K and 15K come standard with a 10-year warranty. And then the 5 and 8K come with a smaller warranty, a 5-year warranty. But it can be expanded if needed to 10 years if requested. Okay. Well, what else do we need to know about solar before we wrap it up, Mark? There's a customer that's new to it. I have the quick pitch for them. Basically, just where are we really strong in? Again, the solar converter is an all-in-one solution. So there's multiple parts, pieces, and components to stack together on a huge wall. Uh, it's an extremely high efficiency. Inverter, it's transformerless. So it's about a 94% round-trip efficiency. Uh, we have a wonderful seven-day-week engineering support team here out of Dallas, Texas, so you're always going to be able to get a hold of us. And then we're a very versatile solution, as in we're battery agnostic, generator agnostic, use any panels with our MPPTs, and it'll work for you in a multitude of ways. Yeah, I've loved mine. I very much enjoyed. You know, the best thing I can say about it is that having them in my mechanical room is a non-event. They just (laughs) hang on the wall and do their job. So I think that's an excellent testament in my opinion. But, okay, well, anything else we've got, guys? Mark, I really appreciate you taking the time to work with us today and uh, hope to see you in a couple of weeks down in Texas. I hope we can can still work out where we can come and visit with you guys and look forward to seeing you then. Appreciate it, Mark. Yeah, thank no, you, Mark. definitely. No, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate your time today, too, as well. Thank you. All right, y'all have a good one. Thank you for downloading and listening to the podcast today. If you have a question you'd like to hear us discuss on the podcast, or just want to say hello, email us at radio at windandsolar.com. As always, check out our store at windandsolar.com and buy some stuff. Your financial support underwrites our educational outreach, like the podcast, YouTube channel, and local STEM collaboration. It also keeps Lucy and her doggy chicken treats. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>